we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,159 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? How was your weekend? Healthy and alive. Um, weekend was pretty good. Lots of rain, uh, but uh, otherwise pretty quiet. It was quiet for me as well. I did get some studying in. I was uh, bringing you up to speed on some of what I found uh, yesterday, and it was uh, it was quite shocking to say the least, but not surprising, is it? No, especially with what we've been learning uh, lately, it, it just it fits like yeah, par, for par for the par course. Par for the course. Yep. Just is what it is. Yep. I don't know exactly where to start today because I, I don't really see anything pressing in the news. When I say pressing, I mean there's really nothing. Okay, you got Zelensky going over to visit Rishi Sunak. Okay, whatever. Elon Musk is visiting uh, Emmanuel Macron in France. So what? That's really about the extent of it. So I thought, let's try and do some fun stuff today, right? So let, let's talk about some of the more outlandish stuff that we find in the uh, in the news, shall we? Let's just take a day, let's stoop down, and let's just look at all of just the, the ridiculous stuff in there, and let's see what we can come up with. Let's try it. Bruce, do you like fast food? Uh, I mean, it, it's sustenance. Uh, that's what it boils down to. It's something that... Is it, though? Uh, you know. Is it? Well, given that your body can assimilate a lot of things that we don't consider food and use it as food, yeah, I would say it's food, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's good, nutritious food. It's, no. it's fuel. That's no, I, it. I certainly wouldn't say that. And I, I can I can be completely honest with you. Fast food overseas and fast food in the U.S. are two totally different things by yep. far. They are. When I was in the States the last time, I, was, I, I went somewhere because I was with somebody and that's just where they stopped. And I got the most harmless thing I could think of. It was like a salad and... Uh, and it's something else. I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was definitely a salad. And I took two bites of it and I just kind of like pushed it away because I, I just could not eat it. It was just like it was full of sugar. It, well, it wasn't even really sugar. It was probably corn syrup. But anyway, there's a little process that a lot of the fast food chains, they're starting to take because, well, you see costs are a problem these days. So they're having to circumvent a lot of these things. There's 14 fast food chains in the U.S., that are, well, they're changing some things around. So they have uh, some poultry items on their menu. But you see, because of the, you know, the, the the poultry problems we've got, you know, all those chickens being done away with and all of those eggs and those and those poultry farms just miraculously burning down. You see, the companies themselves are having to do some 
finagling, if you will. They're having to change some things. So they've decided that they're going to start offering poultry products, but they're not actually poultry per se. There's some poultry in there, but it's going to be seaweed, beef, soy, oats, and wood. You're going to love that. You've probably already been loving it, and you just don't know about it. This is not a joke. A lot of people might think, oh my god, I'm not going to eat that. Well, you probably already have. Fried chicken is a favorite for millions of Americans, but many of the options offered by America's biggest fast food chains contain other unexpected ingredients. Who would have thought? These restaurants will often fill their foods with additives, preservatives, and even other proteins in order to keep the cost at a minimum and give their offerings a longer shelf life. Did you know, if you get yourself a, a value meal from McDonald's or, or whatever those they call it, the burger, the fries, the nuggets, you know if you actually take those things and you put them somewhere for, oh, I don't know, 10 years, they'll still look exactly the same as when you first put them there. And we eat this? We consume this stuff? This is horrifying. Well, to be fair... If you were to do the same process of removing moisture from other foods, even if it's really good for you food, it would do the same thing. It, it, essentially, what you're, it, it's the equivalent of eating like jerky or what have you. There's no moisture in it. Well, some of these ingredients that are part of this process will include extra beef. Well, do you see that sounds like a good thing? Seaweed. Seaweed's actually really good for you. There is a lot of nutritional value there. The Japanese will tell you. They eat it all the time. It's actually good for you. It's a delicacy in some of their restaurants. Bruce, it, you don't It's look, an acquired taste. It is an acquired, an acquired taste. taste. <laughs> it is an acquired yeah. taste. But nonetheless, it is consumed around the world. It is. Yeah. Now, this last one, wood pulp. Boy, that's got to be good for the uh the, the diet. It's got to be good for you. Yeah? No? Wood pulp. So, I mean, it, it, it's fuel. I mean, literally how Okay. Ironically, how they actually gauge calorie count in food is literally how long it'll burn. I mean, that's so interesting. Technically, technically, wood would have a good calorie count, relatively speaking, assuming yeah. your body could or wood pulp, but assuming your body could digest it properly and everything. But here, here's the thing about that. Wasn't there some kind of big deal about the diet shakes or something like 10, 15 years ago? They had wood pulp in them as well as filler. There was uh, there was something like that. And then I remember there was some bread that they used to sell in the U.S. And it, it actually said on the ingredients that it contained cardboard pulp. Yeah. It's just no. So Pass. McDonald's. Right. So let's look at McDonald's. McDonald's, uh, they're McNuggets. Right. So these things. Now, I, I can't speak to outside of the U.S. when I look at this stuff. So I, they're only assessing what's actually in the U.S. So I can't speak to what goes on overseas. McDonald's, their nuggets contain yeast, dextrose, and lemon juice as some fillers. 100% white meat. They advertise that that's 100% white meat. Well, what was it before? I'm curious because they've only recently started advertising like that. McDonald's Chicken McNuggets have been at the center of the controversy in the past after a now debunked video emerged in 2010 of the pink slime. You remember the pink slime? I do remember the pink yeah, slime. The pink yeah. Slime. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The brand, though, they've kind of said, you know what? We don't want anything to do with that. So they'll they'll just talk around it. The nuggets do contain white boneless chicken, but they're also full of several types of flour, flavorings, spices, acid, yeast extract, dextrose, and lemon juice solids. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds very nutritious, very healthy. Okay, so the acid one sounds bad, but technically speaking, sodas you drink, coffee you drink, you know, any of the citrus fruits, all those things are technically acids. Anything that's below seven on the pH scale is technically an acid. So 
that one could be a little misleading. It could be citric acid as an example, which is vitamin C. So it's, it's, I'm not, uh, I, I would have to know more detail on what, what they're classifying acid, but nonetheless, I know McDonald's, even when I was a kid, they were talking about how McDonald's used like horse meat or, you know, there was a bunch of different things that were going around that McDonald's was using different ingredients than what they uh, actually advertised. And uh, in fact, they, the, the pink slime thing was kind of a, uh, a thing that was known about back in God, it was like late nineties. That was something that was a controversy way back. It was. Yeah. I, I do recall that. And to be honest, the, the reason we're discussing this is because when we talk about independence, we literally mean the independence of you, the individual. And part of being independent and having self-responsibility is taking care of yourself. So I know a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I take care of myself. I take really good care. I, I do everything I can. But, you know, I still like to go out and I like to get that Big Mac. I, I like to get that um, uh, that classic single from Wendy's or uh uh, I like to get that big uh, monster burger from uh, from Carl's Jr. or Hardee's, wherever you are in the U.S., east or west of the Mississippi. But th that's the point. That's why we're discussing this is because these types of things, even though you think you're being healthy, no, you are certainly not. Let's look at Wendy's. Honestly, I don't think Wendy's is outside the U.S. They might be in the U.K., but I don't believe that they uh, that they actually are. In the patty of Wendy's classic chicken sandwich, only 56% of the chicken sandwich is actually chicken. The other 40, <laughs> if you can see the look on Bruce's face, the other 44% is a mixture of water, wheat flour, starch, acids, spices, and flavor, and flavor powders. It also includes a fully refined soybean oil, raising agent, and more unusual ingredients, such as a dehydrated chicken powder and smoke flavoring. The patty, bun, and mayonnaise include over five allergens. So it's worth checking the recipe if you have any allergies. That's quite concerning, I have to say. That's really concerning. Carl's Jr., or Hardee's, wherever you come from. Carl's Jr., west of the Mississippi, Hardee's, east of the Mississippi. Carl's Jr. Nuggets, you know, the ones that are in like the little star shape. Yeah, those things. They include some of the more unusual ingredients. Uh, they include a, a chicken type flavor. They don't exactly mention what that is. They just say a, a chicken type flavor. It's kind of like that. It could be anything. That could be anything. It could be anything. Because everything tastes like chicken, right? Yeah. According, yeah, according to the outlet reports, uh, the nuggets include a beef flavor, which has three different types of proteins in it from hydrolyzed soy, wheat and corn protein and beef fat. As for the spicy chicken sandwich, which is another popular menu item, it reportedly contains isolated oat products in its patty and microcrystalline cellulose in its bun, which is a refined wood pulp. Of course. Yeah, Bruce, don't you like all that junk? And then and then you you slap two pieces of two by four in between. It. There you go. <laughs> That's what they're no, doing. I, uh, I can't say that I enjoy those kind of things. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't I don't enjoy eating at any of those places so far that you've you've listed. The only fast food joint that I really kind of frequent as of late, there there's two of them. Taco Bell, which you know, okay, say say what you will about that one, but that is actually proven to be one of the healthier options when it comes to fast food and uh Subway cuz that's basically the only sub joint around well, here. Well, that's good you mentioned that because guess what's next? Subway. Mm. This place has faced some criticism in the past with claims that some of its chicken products were made from non-chicken material. Subway responded to those claims by saying, quote, oven roasted chicken and chicken strips are made from 100% all white meat chicken. 
However, uh, the products, yeah. they're not made from chicken. They, they analyze these things. It's oven roasted chicken, also contains flavorings, uh, potato starches, and carrageenan. I, I don't know. That's a new one on me. It's a new one on me. I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's a family of natural linear sulfated poly. It's, it's extracted from red edible seaweed. Oh, okay. So we got more that's seaweed. easier to say. Yeah. It's seaweed. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, oh, yep. You got it right here. So it's chemical compound, which is, it's been deemed safe to eat by the Food and Drug Administration. So it's you know a, it's safe. You, you know it's safe. It's a thickener, stabilizer, and gelling agent. Uh-huh. Do you know how much of a nutritional value that actually has? Well, I'll save you the trouble. It's zero. It's actually negative, if you can believe it. Seaweed actually has some nutritional value. That has none. There's many others here. I guess I can do another one here. Uh, Burger King, right? Burger King. So Burger King, that's a, that's a big popular one. Everybody has Burger King. Even over here, they got Burger King. Burger King chicken nuggets also contain a, a host of flavorings alongside the chicken breast and rib meat. These include yeast extracts, which is a substance derived from yeast, and other flavor enhancers include disodium, um, whatever. I'm <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that one. Uh, which is a form of salt used in tandem with MSG monosodium glutamate. So there you go. Whatever doesn't taste good, you put MSG on it, and you'll you'll think you're eating the best thing in the world. It's also found under the name E627. Well, that sounds healthy, doesn't it? Anything with the uh, mm -hmm. the letter E next to it, yeah. These are unsuitable ingredients for anyone who cannot eat eggs, milk, wheat, gluten, or celery. So if you have an allergy to any of those, then you can't eat that. Domino's Pizza, that's another one. I'll do that. Domino's uh, is, a, is a big pizza chain that's international. They have uh, chicken tenders or nuggets, uh, and there's also extra ingredients in their poultry offerings. Uh, it's grilled chicken contains 10 of the ingredients, including modified cornstarch, modified food starch, and lipolyized butter oil. I don't know. Is that, uh, is that the, I can't believe it's not butter kind of I thing? I think is so. That, is that yeah, it's, yeah, I think that's what it is. Modified starch is typically used as a thickening agent, stabilizer, emuls or emulsifier, and to make food last longer. You got any others you want me to, you want me to look at? Uh, let me see. They've got Del Taco. I don't know what Del Taco is. You guys have Del Taco? No. no. Uh, Never heard Del of that Taco. one. Del Taco. I've heard White of Castle. it, but I don't remember where I've seen it. White Castle. Yeah, yeah. Is White Castle, the usual derived from seaweed. Uh, Culver's. Culver's is actually, it, that's, a, that's a good place. They have like frozen custard. I don't know if you guys have those down there. It, we, I've... Uh, when, when I lived in Missouri, oh, they yeah, had okay. Culver's there. Yeah. Yeah. Arby's. Everybody knows what Arby's is. Yeah, uh, same thing there. It's just full of just useless fillers and Dairy Queen. The Anyhow, nostalgia of it. Um, it is the nostalgia. Yeah. 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 Well, all of this is completely irrelevant. None of this actually matters. Everything that I just mentioned, throw it out the window because CBS News, Bruce, you're a fan of CBS News? Yeah, one of the uh, the oh, alphabet yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, you watch it yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on it's yeah. on all the time in your household, I'm mm. sure. They say in order to save the planet uh, on CBS Saturday morning, they said that we need to, quote, eat bugs, which this idea, they say that the soy-based proteins, now you hear this? Listen to this. They say soy-based proteins are destroying the planet. So they create and carry this agenda that you need to start eating soy-based proteins as a replacement to actual animal proteins. They push mm. you into that. Then they say that's not good enough. Now you need to eat insect proteins. Mm. And then insect will be uh, destructive to the environment and we have right. to uh, change it to whatever. Well, the, Bruce, Screw they have water, rights too. Whatever. They have rights too. Uh, you know that's how they, it's going to go. You know, that is how it's going to go. And no, it, to to be fair, soybean requires quite a bit of work, moisture, those kind of things. 
So there, there is there is an element there. But why can't God? I hate. So I kind of have this. I don't like soybean. I just don't like it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I, I don't like it. I don't like edamame. I don't like any of the. I just. I just don't like it. I, I feel like I've been run over by a truck after I eat that stuff. So I mean, I, I, I'm. My I've gone with it too. Yeah, I, I've gone to restaurants and and I've I, like I've been to all of those vegan and and vegetarian places and all the rest of it. I, I've been through all that stuff. I get the vegetarian option on an airline. Believe me, you want to take that option, whether you're a vegetarian or not. You don't want to take the the chicken when they offer it to you. Could be worse than. Uh, than what I just mentioned before. But whenever I whenever I eat this like the the soybean option of something, I just feel like a doormat. I feel terrible. I feel run down. I don't feel satisfied or fulfilled or or happy about what I just ate. I feel guilty and I just feel terrible. So the host, Dana Jacobson, kicked off the debate in the news piece by saying, we all know how important insects are for the environment, but climate researchers say bugs could be a game changer in the fight to protect the planet in ways that we would never have imagined. Oh, yes, because that's going to work out so well when you start moving them around into ecosystems where they don't belong. That's going to work out really well, I'm sure. Jacobson, they have no natural predators or, you know, any of those kind of things. Um, no. That no. have evolved, shall we say. Right, right. She then introduced a video report from Tina Krause, who reported, quote, adding some insects to the mix is customary in the kitchen in some parts of the world. You see, the rest of the world's already doing it, so why don't you? Now climate experts think that the protein-packed pests could offer a real solution to the global food crisis. Scientists in Germany are not pushing to get the critters on your plate. They see another benefit. Okay, what do they see? An unnamed scientist, <laughs> you see, unnamed scientist, an unnamed, unnamed scientist scientists. says that our interest is to make insects as an alternative for the use of soybean-derived proteins. They then explained that the problem with the soybeans are the following. Large-scale growth of soybeans has been blamed for the extensive deforestation since mm -hmm. farming insects takes less land and water. These researchers believe that bugs could become the livestock feed of the future. No, see, here's the problem. To make uh, insects nutritious to humans, you have to, uh, God, what do they call it? It's like gut loading, I think is what they call it. Basically what you do is you, you feed them certain things, which are basically the same things you're already eating anyway. Uh, when it comes to like fruits and vegetables and whatnot, they do this for, um, lizards and, and, you know, people's pet lizards and whatnot. They feed the insects, um, things that, that possess the nutrients that they want the lizard to have, right. To, to get. And they feed those insects that, and it gut loads, as they call it. So the insects are full of the nutrition. So when they, the lizard eats it, it, it gets that same nutrition, right? It's the same. They're going to have to do the same thing if you plan to do that for humans. So you're still going to be feeding it the same kind of stuff that we're feeding, uh, feeding ourselves now. The difference is, is you're eating it through insects. It's such a stupid idea to say that all oh, insects are going to. No, it's not because you still have to feed it these same nutrients. Otherwise, you're going to be deficient uh, as human beings. You're not going to have the, the kind of nutrients that that you need to properly develop, which we could make an argument that that's part of the point is is to not have those nutrients, because then if you don't have the proper nutrients, your brain doesn't fully develop the in a proper way or uh, your your testosterone deficient. There's there's different things that are possibilities with with changing your diet like this. And those possibilities will result in a more complicit 
society. You see, Bruce, you just you just need to do what you're told. Don't question anything. You don't have to because the experts are going to think for you, just like this scientist who returned to the news piece to say this, to have a more sustainable, you see right there's the key word sustainable, to have a more sustainable, sustainable production of proteins. We need this. And I see insects as a perfect tool. And you can make so many things out of insects and to make the world better. Do you know how many generations we've been raising cattle as human beings? And I mean, if, if you look at the Bible as a history book, okay, if you just look at it as, as a history book and not as a, you know, religious foundation or whatever, and you just look at the history of things, you go way back to even before Noah's time, even because that was their part of their food source was cattle, right? They had to take extra cattle for their food. This has been something, at least as far as what the written history is aware, cattle has been our food, one of our food sources for millennia. And you want to now remove that as one of the sources of food? In less and than 10 years. And replace it with bugs? In and less yeah, than 10 years. That, that, that's, not, that's not healthy. We already Where's see... All the research? We, we already see, though, I, I agree with you, where's all the research? But we already see the effects that this is having by altering the human diet without the insects. We're, we're talking about the alteration already with this uh, concocted thing that everybody has to all of a sudden be gluten-free and vegans and everybody has a, a lactose intolerance problem uh, and nut allergies and everything else. When did all of this become a thing? You used to be able to go into the stores and you would see just a small section of gluten-free products, just a small section of them. And that stuff, don't misunderstand me, that stuff should be in there. And the reason it should be in there is because we do have people in our society that have problems, real diagnosed medical problems, celiac disease. Do you know what percentage of the human population actually has celiac disease? It's six percent. Really? Yeah, I was going to say it's. It's six percent yeah. of the human population. We now have entire aisles full of gluten-free products in stores because somehow everybody seems to have uh, celiac disease. Which, if you ask the average person who has a cart full of gluten-free stuff or a trolley full of gluten-free stuff, if you're from the UK, if if you have somebody that has a cart full of this stuff and you ask them, "Hey, uh, do you have celiac disease?" They're not even going to know what you're talking about. It's the same thing with these lactose intolerant products. I do agree that they should be in the stores. I know lactose intolerant people. And you know what? All of those people, every lactose intolerant person I have ever met has always said, you know what? I really, really wish I could have a giant bowl of ice cream with extra chocolate sauce and, and whipped cream and everything else. They crave that stuff and they can't eat it because it will tear them apart. And yep. I'm These not, people I'm just not that, but I'm sensitive and I'm I'm the same way. I, I would love to be able to sit down and have a bowl of ice cream, but it, it's it's a gamble. It may destroy me and it may not. Uh, and it's just the risk is too great to to I, I just can't do it. Yeah. And and, and I, I perfectly understand that. Yeah, I, I perfectly understand it. And, and that type of thing, I get it. But all of a sudden now we're we're lactose intolerant by choice. Now, don't get me wrong. You can actually cut dairy from your diet and it's not going to make a difference. It does. It does help you with like calcium and things like that. Yes, it does. Vitamin D and everything else. But it's not essential to your diet 
as an adult. I would argue as a child, it would be more essential. But this concept that we now have to have uh, soy milks and oat milks and cashew milks and uh, and whatever, whatever. Uh, we have almond milks and, and something. There's like nine, nine or 10 different kinds of milk now that I see in the, in the stores. Whereas before it used to just be milk. And then you would have obviously the, the lactose free option, right? They, they do have, they would have one option. But now there, again, there are whole sections of just lactose free soy and, and every other kind of milk that you can possibly imagine. So they're altering people's diets already. And they have not they have not consulted anybody. Have you ever seen, if you live in a, in a supposed democratically run country, have any of us ever actually seen this on a ballot to actually have a choice in? I haven't. I've never heard of that. Well, the free market has been pushing it. Free, quotes. Yeah. Has been pushing, uh, pushing those things. I will say, though, of those milks you listed, I've actually tried oat milk. And it was, uh, of the milks you listed there, oat milk was actually one of the better ones. Um, I, almond I do have okay. Yeah, but, yeah. I, almond milk though. Almond milk is not actually milk. It's it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Almond milk, if you look at the yeah. ingredients, is ninety seven percent water. And I don't yeah. know if if oat milk is the same. I actually picked one of those up the other day just to try it. You know, to making like smoothies and stuff. I actually I picked one up just to try it. It was like I think it was like eighty cents or something like that. So I I grabbed it and I was like, all right, I'll I'll bite. You know, I'll, I'll try it. And I'm, I'm going to give it a try. Anyway, my point is, is that we're seeing all kinds of health problems. Have you seen the average person that doesn't have a medical condition to require these products in their diet, but they choose to have them in their diet? Have you seen what they look like? They're not very healthy people, but they think they're being healthy, which is the scary thing about it. And what you're doing is you're actually depriving yourself of essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. And so therefore you're going to develop more medical problems and you're going to be more susceptible to viruses and disease. So changing the human diet, even now, we're already altering it without even getting into the extremes. And when I say the extremes, I'm talking these, these insect protein bars or whatever the hell it is they want to make and force everybody to eat. I don't think so. No, or the, the powders that they have now. No, uh, no, no, no. There, there's powder. like this cricket nah. powder thing that they're trying to market, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. and all that stuff. No, no, I don't think so. Not interested. And you, you've talked about the, uh, the the lack of the essential uh, vitamins and minerals and amino acids and things that are not in these products that you need. These are essential minerals that you cannot get except from animal protein. You can supplement them through vitamin and mineral supplements, but you're still not getting the natural source of it. Yep. And uh, some of those, uh, <laughs> if you're a vegan, as an example, I know because uh, I have vegan family, they actually have to watch the vitamins that they take because a lot of the vitamins will have extracts from animals. Uh, because Again, that's one of the best sources for some of these proteins and minerals. Get with me after I can help you sort that problem and you can pass that information along. I consulted a nutritionist about that and I will I'll help you with that. Okay, moving right along here. Bruce, you found out something interesting about uh, a cafe. Since we're talking about food, I showed you a cafe that existed in the East Village in New York yesterday. It was quite an interesting place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, uh, interesting in the, in the sense of it fit exactly what we were researching and talking about um 
as a, a, one of the, uh, not a problem, I would say per se, it's more of a, a symptom of a problem of a greater problem that's been going on for, uh, I don't know, probably what, like 70 years now, uh, but, or maybe which is about more, the time it started, which is about the time it started, oddly enough. I, I would actually, there's an argument to be made that progressivism is also of the same ilk, same, it is, you know, cut from the same cloth. Which means it was uh, in the early, what, what, teens, 20s, and the 1900s? Yeah, it was about 19. Well, it was right after. Yeah, it was. Well, you could go back to the 1800s. Yeah, the late 1800s. It was right around the the end of the Civil War. So 1860 to 1875, you could see the start, not necessarily by name, but you could see the start of the progressive movement in America. And that's uh, if so, if my if my understanding is right, uh, or if I remember correctly, uh, during that time period, Germany had some really big universities that were renowned worldwide, and some of those ideologies were taught there. It wasn't just Germany, but Germany was like the, they were like uh, the Harvard or like Cambridge or whatever you want to call it. They were, they were top tier back then. And that's where some of those ideas were spreading, you know, and that's kind of where it started. Chief among which I think you're referring to is the uh, the Frankfurt School, correct? I, I think so. I, I think I, I don't remember exactly which one it was specifically, but I remember uh, at least somewhere in Germany. Yeah, that's that's where one of the uh, the radical progressive Marxist movement started. And they were exporting that uh, most notably to parts of the United States uh, because they got run out of here. Once people figured out what was going on here, they said, hey, uh, pack your nonsense up and get the hell out of here. We don't need that kind of radical ideology being taught here. And you see what it's actually done in this country. It's insane what's actually happened because of ideological nut jobs of totalitarian mindsets. It has wrecked whole generations of people. So anyway, uh, moving moving on from that uh, that lovely literary place in the East Village of New York, I'm not going to give that place a plug. I'm just not. I'm sorry, because it's just appalling that a place like that actually exists. It, it is. And as an American, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Uh, but Canada, you guys have a place up there in Toronto. Well, you see, they're going out of business. Uh, it was an anti-capitalist pay-when-you-can cafe. They've shut down after just one year. I was telling Bruce in prep, I said, can you not see the irony here? You've got somebody who has started a business who claims to be anti-capitalist, but they're trying to be a capitalist. They were selling merchandise for profit. You know, if if you're anti-capitalist, you'd be selling the stuff at cost, not for a profit. But they were selling selling things like... But they're uh, selling shirts that say people over profit. Yeah. Uh, they were they were selling uh, anti-Israeli literature T-shirts depicting police being hanged, um, propaganda pieces promoting LGBT terrorism. Uh, you had uh, and there was also other materials that they were uh, peddling, uh, basically hatred and bigotry. And their Instagram page was also littered with the same kind of rhetoric as well. The name of this place was called The Anarchist. And unfortunately, it's permanently shuttering after just 12 months in business. This pay when you can model, how does that work? So you just walk in and you just you help yourself to whatever you want. And you say, um, sorry, I, I'm a little short today. Um, I'll come back next time. That's not a very good business model. No, no. And it looks like they're showing some of the stuff that they have. I, I pulled up their Instagram. They got things like ACAB, Anarchy is Fun. Where, where are the Antifa shirts yeah. and flags? I'm sure they sell them in there. Yeah, it almost sounds like you failed at capitalism. And capitalism actually does work. And it actually... Uh, it puts you out of business. You were, 
Yeah, it put you out of business. It ruled that you were uh, inadequate. He went on to say, it's been an amazing experience connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of conservatives. That includes you and anarcho-capitalists and libertarians, fulfilling the dream of most service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class traitors, which would be the pigs in the military. You, you hear this? This is straight yeah. Marxist yeah. talk. This is revolutionary yeah. Marxist talk. And experimenting with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy of capitalism. Do you know what? This guy's blaming everybody but himself. He's literally blaming all of society because his product didn't succeed. His idea, his service didn't succeed. The free market shut him down. Yeah, uh, the, the guy's last name is Sims uh, Fewer. This is funny. The white male son of a middle-class private school teacher in the world's eighth richest country indicated that the cafe was true to its anti-capitalist uh, branding in at least this regard. It failed because it was unable to raise capital. <laughs> this is Why is a quote. it always that type? <laughs> it's always that type that's like the, you know, the, the stupid uh, Marxist type. Why is it always that type? I, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth, seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable longer term. You know, I, I wanted to point out the fact that um, the, the quiet winter season, I lived in a place that was a lot of showbiz and in the winter season, it was basically dead. Like you would you would go in and like uh, about uh, springtime, things started picking up and then it was just a traffic jam everywhere you went in that town. You had to know the back streets really well to get around in that town. It was. Uh, it, yeah. Anyway, somehow all of those businesses, the restaurants, the theaters, um, the theme parks, all of that, they all found a way to survive during the winter season when it was. No business was going on. Uh, it was just locals going to, you know, your restaurants, uh, even the hotels and everything. They they all seemed somehow figured out. But this guy can't figure out how to run a coffee shop is something you would think would uh, be a little bit more booming during the winter season because it's cold and you want something warm to drink. Right. Yeah. That's uh, really baffling to me that uh, he couldn't figure it out. Oh, wait, that's right. Maybe it's because of your sentiment. Maybe it's because uh, you make up a very small percentage of the population and those that agree with your ideology are probably uh, wintering in some place like uh, Portland or California. Does this sound like a very happy individual to you? Because I don't think he is. I'll bet he's a very depressed individual, to be fair. Uh, the picture I see of him, he looks very smug. And, it's very smug. Um, well, you know how those pictures are. You've pointed that out before. If it's a social media photo, it's it's one of those perfected photos. So yeah. you're going to make sure that everything looks right and they're all posed correctly and they've got filters and everything else. So they're not going to look bad, right? Especially if it's a if it's a news piece, they're going to have their best photo up there, right? Yeah. And it I just can't even the 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 types of people I want to know what their clientele was like. Well, if it's uh, because the only like, what we were seeing, I, I'll be honest with you, if if you look at the um, I, I really don't know of any other way to, to describe this. If you look at the uh, the typical cafe slacker bum type. OK, that's that's the only thing I can I can equate this to. I'm sorry. But this is um, this is like the the place that you would go to in college where they would have like the open mics and the poetry nights. And, you know, it was like the literary scene, like the place I was I was showing you yesterday in New York. It's that type. 
if you look at the ones that frequent these types of establishment, and I'm not saying everybody's like this, but I'm saying a goodly percentage of people, in my experience, when I would go to these places for a cup of coffee, and when you walk in there, you're catching a contact high. I'll just leave it at that. Because everyone else in there is partaking in something because they have to be stoned when they stand up there and they recite their poetry on stage. But in college, it was that type. It was the type that really had no ambition. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying everybody's like this, but this is the type that I saw was the type that got up there on stage and they expressed themselves in literary fashion about the ills of the world because they didn't know how to operate within it. So they blamed everybody else in society. This is why they take so well to Marxism, cultural Marxism, because it takes the blame off of the individual and it redirects it back onto society. Society under Marxism has wronged you. So therefore, under that system, you have a right to a grievance against that system. And that's what these people do. They really create lists of grievances against society because they don't know how to exist in it. So they blame everybody else for their problems, and then they seek a revenge on that society. That's what turns them into radical revolutionaries. And so when you do that, then you get other people as, as somebody that's in, say, like politics or something, because if you come out of the universities, you go right into politics. These people don't actually believe in anything. What they believe in is the aspect of power for themselves, but they can't tell you that. So what they do, they reconstruct these grievances that they did when they were smoking dope and in the colleges and going to these places. And they get people to sign on to them, and they usually talk a good game. They'll have some newspapers or some campaign slogans that amplify that. They'll cry some crocodile tears, and they'll get sympathy from people, and people will support it, namely the younger generations. That's what this all stems from, is, is these people, they feel as though they have been wronged by society, so they get up there and they, they reflect their attitudes as such. And everything else that happens, it's everybody else's fault. It's never theirs. It's never their own failure that they admit. It's always everybody else's. Mm. And to that... I've had to deal with some people here lately because of... Uh, I, I basically... Uh, the short version is, is uh, I had a talk with this individual and told them they need to man up and it resulted in them crying. Yes. So that, that, that's the kind of individual. Oh God. Uh, how do you exactly deal with Exactly that. that. It's how, other how people's, that? It's other people's it's fault. Everybody, no, it's his. everybody else's fault. That's right. Mm, yeah. There was a poll done. I, I want to look at this poll really quickly, and then we're going we're gonna to go ahead and jump out of here. Columbia University surveyed more than 85,000 18-year-olds from 130 private schools from 2005 to 2018. I'd say that's a pretty good pool, to be honest. From 2005 to 2018, 85,000 18-year-olds, 130 private schools. That's a pretty good range. So let's take a look. The ones that considered themselves to be, quote, conservative or liberal, when I say liberal in America, we have to be specific. In America, liberal means you're of the left. In the realms of conservatism, you're to be considered on the right. So these are the people that would identify as either liberal or conservative, so left or right just so everybody's understood. The students that reported higher depressive effects after 2010, the liberal students, so the left-wing students, reported higher depressive scores than their counterparts of the conservative type, which were calculated by self-reports regarding their moods, self-esteem, self-degradation, loneliness, depressive episodes, and suicidal ideas and behavior. These findings indicate a growing mental health disparity between adolescents who identify with certain political beliefs. Huh. Wait a minute. You mean if you're, if you're somebody that believes in the destructive ideology of blaming everyone else, you're more depressed? 
Does that mean that they might have just a little bit of a mental problem? Just a little bit, maybe, possibly. The fact that they're not willing to take responsibility for anything and they push it off onto everybody else as their problem. They're in that situation because it's somebody else's fault. It is therefore possible that the ideological lenses through which adolescents view the political climate differentially affect their mental well-being. Wait a minute. You mean if you believe in something that has a negative anecdote to it, you're more likely to be depressive and suicidal? Hmm. I think it's also uh, kind of what uh, just the people that make up the left and the people that make up the right, the right, uh, especially, well, the right and independents uh, typically make up, they're typically bean counters, if you will, less emotionally driven, more driven by facts, data, you know, those kind of things. So they're less likely to be depressive emotionally, you know, uh, all the things that you just listed there that they that the left is having problems with. That's literally the types of mentality or the people that inhabit the right, typically speaking. And whether or not it's it, it, something they've learned or it's the way they're wired, it, it, it doesn't matter. This is another reason we should be having the left and right working together. Uh, this is why um, the two groups kind of mesh together so well, because you have the left who are uh, have, have uh, more of that emotional mind, if you will. And there's also a good portion of the left that see themselves as um, writers or, or, you know, more of your entertainer types, right? It would be better for society if both sides work together. Then the right could kind of temper the left's over-emotional uh, tendencies and self-deprecation. And the left would be able to uh, kind of help with the right's more view. It's viewed as callous. Uh, because you, when you look at data and statistics, you tend to make uh, judgments that can be viewed as uh, callous or cold. But that it, it's facts. You know, it boils down to it's reality. It's how the world works. So yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like there, there needs to be a healthy mix of the two. And unfortunately, they're they're dividing us. Bruce, I'm glad you brought up that point because they specifically key in this survey on your favorite demographic amongst these individuals of all respondents. Liberal women reported the highest depressive effect. You never would have guessed, would you? With liberal women without a college-educated parent topping the charts. More women tended to identify as liberal than men, with 22% reporting a left-leaning political ideology. About the same amount, 21% uh, of men identified as conservative. So there's your white suburban mom, as you call them. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to add to this. This is actually speaking of those those two groups. There's actually been some issues uh, as late with the the men and women tend to have. Um, you have a lot of leftist women and a lot of men that are conservative that are the kind of guy that the women want, but they're conservative. So it, it's kind of causing problems there, and it's causing issues with our birth rates uh, because of that as well. The women think they want. A man that's um, more in touch with their feminine side, and um, I'm I'm being nice, and they end up being some dude that's on the left, and then when they get into the relationship and find they have no ambition, they have no drive, they have no motzi, they have no get up and go. Is this the beta them. male thing? This is the beta male thing, yes, uh, basically. And what they're really after is someone that is more driven. Um, in fact, what, what society brands as toxic masculinity, that, that whole confidence in yourself, there, obviously there's lines uh, as, as a dude, but those kind of characteristics are what women look for because of this division that's happening right now. It's becoming 
a problem uh, in more ways than just, uh, oh, uh, we have Donald Trump and this is causing riots or vice versa, whatever. It, it's also hindering birth rates. It's, it's, it, it's, we're getting attacked on all sides. You know, it's incredible how many people still have the knee-jerk emotional reaction when you just mention Donald Trump. You know, I'm not a fan of the guy, and I've made my my standpoint on him clear. I will not support him in this next election cycle. I won't. I will not. Because he will not admit what actually happened under him and his administration. And he will not take responsibility for the decision that he made. So therefore, I am not going to support him, and I will stand by that, and I will not move on it. Now, that being said, you can still trigger people by just saying the name. And it's it's not even that everything he did was bad. He did a lot of good things when he was in office. But there is not any kind of, I guess I want to say, buyer's remorse here when it comes to, um, to, to voting for Joe Biden. There's not any of that. They would rather continue and double down with their hatred of Donald Trump than admit that they were wrong when it came to voting for Joe Biden. Honestly, this is the, the dilemma I'm running into. We have a binary system. I know we like to say we don't have a binary system, but we have a binary system. It should not be binary, but it is uh, because the people say it is. Um, and because the people continue to vote as if it's a binary system, we will always have a binary system. We're going to have either uh, Biden on one side and Trump on one side, or it's going to be like Newsom on the left and then DeSantis on the right or something like that, right? If we're going to have another one of these crazy leftists versus someone that is mildly better than I, 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 I use that mildly better uh, in reference to Trump. He did do good things. Yes. But he was marginally better in the sense that, okay, yeah, the economy was doing a lot better. But look at what damage he did with the, the lockdowns and with the pushing warp speed. That That is a real problem. But if those are the, the choices that we have, it's either Biden or, or Trump. I'm not for Trump. I don't want to support him. But that Lesser seems like a better evils. option than a Biden. Lesser two evils. Yeah, it's, you're problem. forced to make a choice. It's it's a terrible yeah. choice to have to make. Anyway, barring that, uh, you got anything else? Uh, no. Yeah, pretty much. That that pretty much covers. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers it. Again, today was a little bit different. We thought we would talk about uh, you are what you eat, but we are going to go ahead and call this one done. So, Bruce, I would like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone, and have a great evening.